You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The Holy Spirit would become this, everybody say it out loud, what? Public works. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament that would only come upon select individuals whom God chose. God promised, I am going to send my Holy Spirit on everyone, everywhere. Pretty cool. He said that the Holy Spirit would come upon all flesh, would be unleashed on everyone, everywhere. What comes to mind when you think of the Holy Spirit? Is it tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost? Or maybe you think of the story of creation when God's Spirit hovered over the waters. Do you think of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you and I? Pastor Dion shares today about the Holy Spirit, who He is, and how we not only have access to Him, but that He dwells in us and empowers us to do the good work that God calls us to do. If you've ever wondered about the Holy Spirit's role, then stick around for today's episode. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of John chapter 14 as he begins his message, The Person of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you to open your Bibles today to John chapter 14, 15, 16. We're going to be in those three chapters, more or less. We're actually uh, in a series called Foundations. We're resuming our series today. And in this series, you know, we've been highlighting the foundations of our Christian faith. We answered questions like, does God exist? And does he? Yes, we found out without, beyond a shadow of a doubt that God exists. Then we began answering the question, well, what is God like? Since he does exist, what is God like? Guys, because it's, it's important. What we know about God determines how we will, uh, you know, what we believe and know about God will determine our interaction with him. I'm going to say that again. What you know and believe about God will determine your interaction with him. And so answering the question, what is God like, is truly important. And here's what we learned thus far. We learned that God revealed himself through scripture. It's called self-disclosure. Say it out loud. What? Self-disclosure. The Bible is God's autobiography. And in the Bible, God reveals himself to us. And one of the ways that God described himself is that he is triune. Can you say that word out loud? Say it with me. Triune. Meaning he is one Godhead with three persons. Say it out loud. What? One Godhead with three persons. Now I know it's hard to understand with this finite brain of ours. But it's true. God is one Godhead with three persons. I mean, it's like I said, a little difficult to understand. Kind of like yawning. Have you ever considered yawning? Why do we do it? And why is it contagious? Have you noticed that? Don't do it now, though, you know? But, but why? Well, doctors don't know why we yawn or why it's contagious. Scientists don't know 
why we on and why it's contagious. It can't be explained, but it's true. Look at your neighbor and say, but it's true. And so is, it is with God being triune. We may not understand it, but it's true. It's a fact. So look at your neighbor and just say, it's a fact. Look at them and say that. In fact, God opens his biography, the Holy Bible on page one. God opens his biography by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everybody say the word God. He's disclosing himself. In the beginning, God. And in that verse, God uses a plural pronoun. Then in just a few verses down from there, here's what God says. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So on page one of God's autobiography, he calls himself, uses a plural pronoun to describe himself. And then he moves a little further and says, and let us, everybody say it out loud, what? Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Then as God unfolds his biography, we are introduced to the other members of the Godhead. All right? There is one Godhead with three distinct persons. He revealed them to us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can we say those three out loud? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So on the beginning page, God introduces himself and uses a plural pronoun. He says, let us make man in our image. And at that point, we're still, well, who is the us? And, you know, why is God using a plural pronoun? Then a little later, as the biography unfolds, God reveals that there is one Godhead, but three persons. There is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three of them have the same nature, have the same character, and have the same power. In other words, all three are eternal. All three are all-powerful. All three are all-knowing. All three are ever-present. All three are never-changing. All three of them are perfect. All three are merciful, are loving, are generous, are just, and are holy. They all have the similar character, attributes, nature, but the three differ in role and position. The Father, of course, is the head of the Godhead. He is the source. Then there is the Son. He is the Redeemer and the Savior. Then there is the Holy Spirit, the one of whom we're going to speak of today. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. He is the Helper. Helping what? Look at your neighbor and say, helping what? Helping what? Helping us become more like the Lord Jesus, who is the perfect model of a Christian person. The Holy Spirit's job is to help us live and love exactly like Jesus. So one Godhead, three persons, all of them are all-powerful, all-knowing, all of them have the same characteristics in nature, and yet, guys, understand that they have three different roles. We know God the Father through the Scriptures being the source, the head of the Godhead. We also recognize Jesus as God 
in the, in the scriptures as being the Savior, the Redeemer. We're going to recognize the Holy Spirit now as the Helper, helping us become more like the person of Jesus Christ. So, the Holy Spirit, just like the Father and the Son, is a person. Everybody say it out loud of what? A person. The Holy Spirit is not a force, like in Star Wars, the force be with you, all right? The Holy Spirit is not some supernatural energy or intelligence or a wind or a fire. The Holy Spirit is not an it, but a who. Let's say that out loud. The Holy Spirit is not an it, but a who. Not a supernatural energy, not a force. In fact, Jesus didn't want us to be clueless regarding the Holy Spirit. You know, he didn't want us singing that song, Who are you? Who, 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 who? He didn't, he didn't want you to be like that. All right? An owl. Who, who? All right? He didn't, he didn't want you to be that way. So during his earthly ministry, Jesus gave us an introduction to the Holy Spirit. And here's the first verse we're going to read. John 16, verse starting with verse 13. And here's what Jesus said. He said, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus gives us an introduction so that we wouldn't be clueless as to who the Holy Spirit is. And did you notice in the passage, Jesus used a personal pronoun to describe the Holy Spirit. Seven times he says he, and one time he says his in those two verses. And earlier, Jesus described the Holy Spirit as divine. Not just as a person, but as a divine person. Jump back to chapter 14 of John and look at verse 16. And here's what it says. And I will pray, Jesus said, that the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. Everybody say this part out loud. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and later will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So Jesus, first off, says the Holy Spirit is a person. I want you to recognize that. And then Jesus says, I'm going to go away I'm going to go up to my Father, but I pray that the Father, I'm going to talk to the Father, and He will send you another helper. Everybody say the word another. He said, I'm going to be leaving, but He's going to send you another helper. The word another means another like me. A divine person of the Godhead. I'm not just sending you a force. I'm not just sending you an energy. I am sending you a person, and not just any person. Another like me, a divine person, another person of the Godhead. 
So, I mean, we all know Jesus wasn't an energy or a phantom, but divine, a divine person of the Godhead. And so is the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason the disciples were unfamiliar with the Holy Spirit when Jesus was giving introduction is because the Holy Spirit played a limited role throughout the Old Testament. You guys know that, right? He was present, but he played a limited role in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit seemed to work behind the scenes. Say it out loud. What? Behind the scenes. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit seemed to work in the shadows. The Holy Spirit, like the Father and the Son, was there at creation in the Old Testament. In fact, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 says this. Well, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And, everybody out loud, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit person, part of the Godhead, was there at creation in the Old Testament, and he was, at the beginning, hovering over the face of the waters. That's kind of what the Holy Spirit did uh, when it came to people in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would observe from above, would hover over. He wasn't universally relational or involved with people in the Old Testament. And that's why the Israelites were so dense throughout the Old Testament. Everybody say dense. I mean, did you ever question, whenever reading the Old Testament, how can people be that dumb? How can people be that weak? How can people be that blind? Because they had no spiritual insight. Because the Holy Spirit was not operating publicly or relationally with, the, with, with everyone. You guys got that? He's behind the scenes. Even the disciples, in fact, during the ministry of Jesus, you ever read about them? It seems like they were clueless, you know, as to who Jesus was and all that Jesus was doing. I mean, Jesus would explain to them the whole plan of salvation several times, and they still, they didn't get it. They weren't the brightest crayons in the box, all right? <laughs> kind of like that guy who called the funeral home. Hello, he said, funeral home? And they said, yes. He said, it's Jesse. And my, my wife, Lena, died. And the funeral home said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. We'll send somebody right over to pick up the body. Where do you live? And he said, well, I'm on 1300 Eucalyptus Drive. And so the, the, the funeral home person said, well, can you spell that for me? And there was a little pause. And he said, I'll just drag her to, over to Oak Street and you could pick her up there. A little slow. The disciples were that way, not because of a lack of education. Jesus would give them a whole lot of education. But because the Holy Spirit wasn't operating publicly. They couldn't grasp everything. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, it makes sense. See, from Adam to Jesus, 
the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would only come upon select people whom God called or picked to help lead his people. All right? So throughout the whole Old Testament, it was the Holy Spirit was like, as it said in the beginning verse, would hover over until God specifically picked, called, selected, chose someone, and then the Holy Spirit then would descend on them and, and you know, become a part of their lives, would give them guidance and leadership and revelation, like judges in the Old Testament, or kings, or prophets, or priests. In fact, here are a few examples from Old Testament scriptures about the Holy Spirit coming on only select people. It said the Spirit came upon Gideon. All right, one of many, one of thousands. But the Spirit came upon him. The Spirit came upon Samson, the Scripture says, mightily. Then another verse is, the Spirit came upon Ezekiel. Not everybody got it, but it came upon Ezekiel. Then, you remember this one, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and she conceived. And then you remember, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism before he began ministry, empowering him for ministry. In fact, the Apostle Peter describes it like this. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, he said this about Jesus, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So, from Adam all the way to Jesus, the Holy Spirit played a limited role, only coming on those whom God selected, obviously Jesus' son. The Holy Spirit also did something amazing. He raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and that's something to, to, to clap about. And wow! The Holy Spirit brought that life. So, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came upon special chosen people that God wanted to help, anoint, or empower to lead His people. Everybody say, huh. But, everybody say that. But, God promised that one day the Holy Spirit would become this, everybody say it out loud, what? Public works. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament that would only come upon select individuals whom God chose. God promised, I am going to send my Holy Spirit on everyone, everywhere. Pretty cool. He said that the Holy Spirit would come upon all flesh, would be unleashed on everyone, everywhere. In fact, here's the verse of God's promise, Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, and here's what it says. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maidservants, and on, excuse me, my men servants, and on my maidservants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Look at your neighbor and say, everyone everywhere. It's not going to be limited. The Holy Spirit is going to be universal. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon the whole world. 
800 years after God made that promise through the prophet Joel, Jesus confirmed it. He said, oh yeah, I want to remind you about this. That the Holy Spirit will will be released universally. And I also want to tell you what one of his jobs is going to be. Look at your neighbor and say, let's listen up. Look it up. Let's listen up. Here's what Jesus said. John chapter 16, verse 7. Here's what he says. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, read this out loud with me, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and the judgment. I'll just let that soak and marinate for a little bit. Hmm. So God, in the Old Testament, promised that the Holy Spirit would be unleashed on everyone everywhere in the world. Jesus confirmed it and then tells us exactly one of the things that the Holy Spirit is going to do. He's going to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, we are hopelessly lost and deceived. We are so hopelessly lost and deceived that we cannot come to the Lord without enlightenment. You guys know that, right? You know, I'm I'm always a little... What would be the proper word? I find it humorous when someone says, I found Jesus. Mm, You didn't. You couldn't. He finds us, right? And he does that by the Holy Spirit drawing us, bringing us to the... Because we are so lost that we wouldn't be able to find him ourselves. Because we are in the dark, we don't realize also how dirty we are. We are dirtier than Pigpen on the Penis cartoon. In fact, go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, Sucio. That's the way we are before, before we come to the Lord. The Holy Spirit, we're in the dark and we're completely dirty. We don't know we're in the dark because we, we think that's just the way life is. We don't know that how dirty we are because we're in the dark until the Holy Spirit comes alongside and helps us reckon, brings illumination, brings enlightenment. And then at that point, we recognize, we realize, we come to a realization. That's when the Holy Spirit comes alongside us from the outside to convict us of our sin, that we are in the dark, that we are dirty. Everybody say conviction. Conviction is the gut-wrenching realization that we are guilty as sin and need to change. You've been listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. We're so glad that you're here today. Pastor Dion has been getting up close and personal with the foundations of the Christian faith. And what better place to start than in the beginning? That's right, all the way back in Genesis 1 verse 1, which says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You might wonder why that would matter to the faith, but it really is one of the foundations. Think of it this way. 
The one who has the power to create galaxies out of nothing has the power to move in your life and circumstances. When you know that it was God who made it all, you can know that it's still God who's in control of it all. No matter how out of control the world might feel, you have this foundation to stand on. God created the world. He created you. And He has plans for you that have been in place since before the world began. Now that's a firm foundation. Thanks for joining us here today. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We're coming close to the end of our time here today, but if you don't want it to end, I have some great news for you. Are you ready? We've got more great messages stored up for you. Just head on over to tmcalvary.com to find them. At tmcalvary.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube archives with hundreds of messages from Pastor Dion. Okay, well, we've run out of time for today, but we'll be back again with more from Pastor Dion right here on The Simple Truth. See you then. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we